Rosen is the Ren and Stimpy of... <laughs> Hey everybody, thanks for checking out the newest episode of the Fatherhood Rocks podcast. My name is Keith Paul Jason and I am your host. Now a few weeks ago, I had the privilege of joining my friends over at Friends Closet, which is a local business here in Ypsilanti that specializes in apparel. And they were a part of the Cross Street Block Party celebration that was going on. It was a great time, all kinds of people were there and I was there with my equipment everything was set up and I was just catching random strangers or new friends we'll say who wanted to talk about fatherhood a gentleman walked up to me and told me that he was definitely interested and I met who I'll call my new friend Billy Kangas now Billy is one of the co-founders of an establishment here in Ypsilanti called Cultivate Cultivate is just an amazing place. It has really become a hub of the community here in Ypsilanti. Uh, you get great coffee, great drinks, great time, board games, all kinds of community-centered events, uh, information about local government, about the schools. They host all kinds of events in there. So if you're ever in Ypsilanti, be sure to check out both Friends Closet and Cultivate. But what amazed me the most about this interview was that Billy walked up without any preparation really at all and just proceeded to drop nuggets golden nuggets on fatherhood for about 20 minutes straight so i'm gonna go ahead and get right into that interview and let you hear exactly what i'm talking about i have been uh, thoroughly blessed with three boys so you know how that is uh, my oldest is just about to go into first grade coming up this next school year he's uh looking forward to it a lot he's six years old his name is liam i've got another uh middle boy his name is james and he is three years old and he is just about the most energetic human i've ever met <laughs> and then our latest uh youngest son albert is just cruising into two months old he's just figured out Amazing skills like smiling. Okay. And, uh, you know, he's got that poop game down real good right now. And that's about it. Okay. So, with uh, having three sons, how has it been different with your youngest? Remind me your youngest name again. Albert. Albert. Okay. So, with Albert, how has it been different than the first two that you've had? Every kid, obviously, is very different. It's a different experience. It's a different dynamic, a different way of being a family together. I think the first kid is the one that really uh, rocks you. Yes. Like you're used to living your life in a uh, substantially self-oriented way. I mean, you care about others. You have relationships. You focus on them. But your schedule is based on your convenience, your needs, your hunger, your sleep. And as soon as that first kid comes along... Everything is different. Your whole world is shaken. Absolutely. And I tell people, like, your life's over. It's way better, but it's over. Uh, <laughs> when you have a second kid, it adds a certain dynamic to it. It's not the same kind of rock your whole world. You're already used to not sleeping. You're already used to, f like, going after the whims of another human being. But what you develop is not just a, we've got this kid who's here with us but 
you're actually developing not just another child, but a new friendship in the family. And so my first two kids are three years apart. My second, uh, my third kid is three years. It's a three-year gap with all of them. And so my first two are really good buddies. They get along well. They hang out. It actually makes things a lot easier when you've got two because then they play with each other. So I can be at home now, and it's not like, uh, Daddy, 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 do this, do this, do this. They play with each other, and I'm able to kind of find myself in a new way again. But then each kid has their own personality, their own uh, quirks, you know, and it's amazing to see that develop as you get to know this person. They start out, you know, just uh, about the same. Each kid's a little bit different. My first kid, you know, cried a lot more in the middle of the night. My second kid slept all day. This third one sleeps all night, which is just amazing. Uh, so, you know, you get to know that early phase, but then they, they develop this amazing personality that comes out and kind of learning how that fits in and how they impact each other. I'm amazed at the stuff my three-year-old says now because he's connected to like his older brother, his older cousins, and people like that. And he's saying stuff like you, you would, I would never have heard out of the mouth of my, uh, my first kid. So, you know, they're developing like this vocabulary and this life together, and it's pretty cool. So in a certain sense, you know, it develops, it deepens. There's a, a, a lot more relationship dynamics that happen with every kid you throw in the mix. And now we're outnumbered. So I imagine as the, the third one learns how to walk, I better have my, uh, at least my oldest pretty well in line or else I'm going to be in trouble. You know? I was told that when you start having, you know, children, you go from double team to man-to-man defense. <laughs> then from man-to-man defense, you have to switch and play zone. Oh, yeah, we're so as soon as your youngest starts to walk, you're going to have to switch and play zone here pretty soon. Um, now, the thing that I want to go back to is you said that your two-month-old is already sleeping through the night. Yep. Now, what does that feel like? Because I just, I, <laughs> I've got two of my own, and I can't relate. Well, you know, I had to, I had to put the, the frame on that, which means when you have children, no child ever sleeps completely through the night all the time, right? So what I mean by that is he wakes up maybe once and he goes back to sleep real quick after he eats, okay. right? You know, no two-month-old goes all night long. They just don't have the tummy for that, you know? But compared to my first kid, which was like, you know, you had to have magic spells and hold him in just the right way for just the amount of time, sing like incantations and then like hold them, you know, it just was a process and it, was, it, it totally wrecked you. This kid, you know... He gets grouchy at the end of the day, but then he goes down. Once he's down, he's out for like three or four hours. He wakes up. I just hand him to his mother. He eats food. He passes back out again, and he's done for the rest of the night. That is incredible. I never thought I would experience a kid like that because my first kid was the polar opposite. Mm -hmm. So, like, I kind of recommend that because once you've acclimated yourself to – the hellishness that can be fatherhood, <laughs> then when you have a kid who's a little bit more chill, you're like, this is just amazing. And I'm just going to take the credit myself and say, you know, I just learned how to be a great dad and I got all the <laughs> skills now, but really, I'm, I'm really lucky with this one. Absolutely. Now, one of the things that you said before we started recording was that you were blessed to have a really great father yourself. So can you take some time and just talk to me about how your father, who your father was, actually, and how he helped shape your parenting style and who you are as a father? Sure, sure. So uh, I am a junior. My father, William Kangas, 
senior, and my son is actually William Kangas the third, my oldest. So we're in kind of this line. He was a he continues to be a real great example of what it means to to be service oriented in my life. Uh, he always was thinking others first. That was the thing that probably struck me the most. Uh, you know, he held me to a high standard and everything I did. He never let me take the easy way out. And he always, you know, pushed me to be the best that I could be. But he he didn't do that apart from loving and caring. Every day he would tell me he was proud of me, even when he was challenging me to do better. Every day he would tell me that he loved me, which was something that really stuck. It helped form my whole identity, you know. And uh, he continues to be somebody who, if I need something, you know, if I need to talk about something, if, if I need help with something, if he can help, he'll do it. Uh, he was the kind of person who would always stay up late if you needed help with homework. He was the kind of guy who would just, uh, he would work really hard. He wasn't always around, uh, but if you had a need, he would move heaven and earth to make sure that that need was met. And I just never, f I never feared, even when times were tough, I never feared the future because I knew that he would do anything that he could to make sure that everyone was taken care of. And that's been a huge inspiration to me, and I think has guided a lot of my own ethic as I've approached fatherhood and just uh, providing for my family and things like that. So, yeah. Now, that's awesome. So how do you see uh, your father's fingerprints in your style being a father? You know, I'm never afraid to challenge, but I always want to, ch to challenge them to, to try to be their best. I say... I tell them every day, I want you to fail at something that's difficult. Okay. Uh, I don't want you to be so worried about success that you're not willing to risk something. I want you to really put yourself out there and develop into the person that, that is the maximum of who you are. But also, I tell them, that, you know, there's nothing that you're ever going to do that will make me love you any less. And I try to tell them every day, uh, my love for you is not on the table. So I want you to do this, and you know, you make me proud when you do that. And when they mess up, I let them know, you know, you're better than this. You're a good kid, and I'm disappointed that you're doing a bad thing. But uh, I think that those are the sorts of conversations. And also, uh, my my father had this insatiable desire for knowledge, okay. and that's something I've inherited. And it's something I try to pass on to my kids: teach them how to read, teach them how to like when they have a question. We don't let it hang there. We, we discover the answer together. Let's look it up. Let's find out what's going on here. And uh, just push them to, to say, okay, you're interested in this thing, so let's, let's understand it. Let's, let's increase our interest. And I try to share the interest of the kids as much as possible, even if it's something that's kind of silly, but just so that they, they feel that there's somebody who's connecting with them where they're at, where they're getting excited and things like that. That's great. Now... Obviously, being, is it co-founder, co-owner? Uh, co-founder. Co-founder. Okay, so you're still heavily involved with day-to-day -day operations? Yeah. Cultivate. Okay. So with, with having, you know, a business that is not just a business, but a business that is doing really, really well, like Cultivate has become almost the center of <laughs> all things Ypsilanti, uh, how do you make sure that you're just balancing your time with being at Cultivate and taking care of everything that needs to be taken care of with a, a thriving business and being that dad to your three boys? I mean, that's the question I think that 
I have to ask every day. It's also the question that the other two uh, co-founders, Becca and Ryan Wallace, I know are always asking when they're dealing with parenthood with their daughter because it is the kind of thing that can eat everything up, you know, can just gobble your time. So one of the things I try to do is make sure that I set some boundaries about, okay, is there somebody else who can do this thing? Can we make sure that I am not necessary for every operation of everything that happens there? And we've done a really, you know, the first year was really tough. We were putting in a lot of hours, and I still have days where I feel like I'm not there as much as I want to be. Nothing tears me up more than, like, the other day I came home and my oldest son was like, we have a new rule in the house, no more meetings allowed. <laughs> You're not allowed to go to meetings. When you come home, you got to be home for the rest of the night. Okay. And that's, it's one of those things, because I have stuff almost every night I could be going to, and I still have a lot of stuff that I get involved with. And it, it is a really difficult balance. So I guess my compromise, and I would say I'm not at all a perfect father in this regard, but my compromise is uh, when I'm at home, I try not to do... Uh, anything else that's not family oriented. I come home and the first thing I ask my wife is, uh, what can I do to help you now? And then with the kids, you know, talk to them about their day, try to take time to do stuff that's interesting with them. So I don't watch TV. I don't uh, surf through internet or whatever. When I get home, it's it's family time. And just kind of clearing that space. I mean, that's, I think, the biggest sacrifice for me is I don't make much time for myself, which is sometimes detrimental. But when you can say, actually, the thing I get energy from is engaging with this kid and saying, mm-hmm. instead of, like, yep. this is an inconvenience to keep me from doing the things I want to do, recognizing, like, what is what is my own recreation? It's nowhere near kind of the beauty that comes from uh, seeing a kid get excited about the things that they're into. So kind of changing my mindset and when I come home and saying, the thing I'm looking forward to is building a Lego the thing I'm looking forward <laughs> to is making up a story. Well, I have this whole like series of stories of uh, this silly guy named Sam who like doesn't okay. understand the world. So like trying to come up with an idea, what's the next Sam story going to be during the day so I can come home and be like, I heard what Sam did today. It was crazy. <laughs> and the kids just get really into that. So you kind of build yourself up saying that actually where I'm going to get energy from is from these kids. So they become your recreation. Mm-hmm. And then they sense that too, that, that they're actually the – the joy that you're getting and they're not some kind of uh, inconvenience in, in your life. Okay. So with a new rule that your son issued for you, how are you doing with keeping up with that? I had to say, uh, I told him that that's a rule I can't a hundred percent follow, but I have been making some efforts just to say, can I say no to this? Mm-hmm. Like some things you can't. Uh, and so, so some things you say, you can say yes. Some things you say no. Sometimes you can say, Hey, can we put this at a different time? Right. And making time for other stuff. Uh, so I think I'm a still a very much a work in progress in that, but at least being mindful of my kids when I make my schedule is something I'm working on. Okay. So let's go through a couple of uh, quick responses. Okay. <laughs> uh, so favorite TV show for the kids? You know, it's kind of a, a funny one. They really like... There's this YouTube channel called Just For Fun 290. And it's this family that, like, plays toys and makes stories with them. So it's not, like, on uh, broadcast media or anything. that They love these, like, Batman, like, fighting the Joker. 
with just people playing toys. Uh, but if you're looking for a popular show, they really like Wild Kratts. Okay. Isn't that wild how kids nowadays have access to just so much more stuff? I mean, here where you talk about how your sons like to watch, what's the name of the YouTube channel again? <laughs> just for Fun 290. So Just for Fun 290. So if they ever hear this, I'm sure they'll be happy <laughs> that they're getting a shout out and free advertising here. And we'll do some more of that because I know my kids are very big into video games. They love watching YouTube channels with guys like Yo Boy Pizza and I think it's JT Barrett who all they do, you know, the, the crux of their show is just playing uh, Madden or NBA 2K, and they're showing people how to do things or taking on challenges, and they can sit there for hours and watch somebody else play video games, which blows my mind. We try not to let them sit there for hours <laughs> to do that. Um, but Wildcrats is a great show. I know that was one of the ones that my kids really enjoyed. Uh, when Joseph was much younger, Blue's Clues was huge yeah. in our house. Uh, Cars 3, have you seen it yet? I have not seen it yet. It was pretty decent. <laughs> I'll put that on my decent kids' Defin movie. Definitely pretty decent. We went to go see that on Sunday, I think, and I, I would give that two thumbs up. Um, so, favorite toys for the kids? Uh, they love Legos. I think Legos are great, so I think it's one of those things that I feel like I can encourage them in it. They like that a lot. Uh, they also love superhero toys. Uh, so they got these little Imaginex figures. I don't know if you've seen yep. those. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we got lots of those in the house. I think between those two, those are probably the number one and number two outside of, you know, just running around the backyard poking each other with sticks. <laughs> okay, so you said Legos is the favorite toy. So first word that comes out of your mouth when you step on a Lego in the middle of the night. That's not family appropriate. <laughs> okay, we'll keep it clean. Perfect. Perfect, perfect. I think we've all been there. We've made that trip to the restroom in the middle of the night. And it's, it's never the little flat rectangular piece that you step on. It's always like the pirate sword. I think they just design Like, the kids are plotting my revenge. They got, like, two swords in their hands, and they're on, like, a <laughs> dragon with teeth bared. It's like, I'm just you sent me down here to get you a cup of, co a cup of water. <laughs> it's your fault you set this trap for me. Awesome. Uh, favorite movies that your kids have seen, or favorite movie your kids have seen? You know, I think uh, sticking with the superhero and Lego theme, they've really enjoyed that uh, Lego Batman movie that came out recently. Okay. And then here in the local area, favorite place for them to go and hang out or play or do something like that? You know, their cousin's house is probably their favorite place. But if we're talking just a random place to spend time that anybody can go to, uh, I think they really love going to Prospect Park, which is kind of the park in our neighborhood. Uh, it's on Prospect. <laughs> right. There's a play structure there that's great, and they they just love going there. Yeah. As, actually, as, as a matter of fact, when my sons were much younger, we spent a lot of time there over at Prospect Park because it's not too far from the house. We don't live in that neighborhood, but we're down the way in the township in uh, Sugarbrook. And so we used to bring the kids over to Prospect, but then we started spending a lot of time at Fort Heritage Park which is just a great park. It was originally designed to uh, be accessible to anyone and everyone, uh, wheelchairs, all that fun stuff. So it's really convenient for the kids as well. Um, I guess we'll wrap things up by just asking for any advice that you have to dads of all ages. The thing I would say is remember in life there are no great things when you come to down to it. They're just great things, or the small things with great love. Uh, this is a a really important thing that I remember or I try to remember 
sometimes more successfully than others. But when I encounter the menial tasks of fatherhood, recognizing well, this diaper is actually sacred space, I'm accomplishing my fatherhood in these small acts here, you know, that that is on the altar of the changing table. It is in the the wines at bedtime and the in the places where I I get to exert. Uh, a new skill of patience and forbearance and love. Uh, this is actually the fire that forms me into a better man. And so to run to those places, not to hide, to, to offer, can I take up the gauntlet? Can this diaper be mine today? <laughs> you know, uh, having that attitude is a game changer because then you stop resenting these things and actually yeah. view them as small treasures. And I know that's hard to believe and I can't say I do it all the time, but at those moments where I have the grace and the foresight and the mindfulness to treat these menial tasks as something of significance where the bond of love is most truly formed between my children, myself and my place in the world is established. That is actually truly sacred space. And I want to honor that. All right, so a big thank you to Billy Kangas from Cultivate Coffee and Tap House right here in Ypsilanti, Michigan. Uh, just an amazing conversation. I, again, I was blown away by the fact that he was able to just walk up and just shoot straight from the hip uh, about fatherhood for 20-plus minutes, I think it was. Uh, so I appreciate you, Billy. I also want to say a big thank you to Tay Doss from Friends Closet. Uh, if he wouldn't have opened up his doors and allowed me to come in, never would have connected with Billy so thank you so much if you're in the Ypsilanti area again be sure to check out Cultivate Coffee and Tap House and check out Friends Closet now for the rest of the podcast typically we would have a portion from my wife entitled Minute from a Mom but as you may have noticed I missed last week and did not put out an episode that's because we were busy trying to uh, celebrate our 11th anniversary. So there was good stuff going on, nothing bad going on. Uh, you know, just out celebrating. Got to get away and enjoy Toronto, Canada for a little while. Uh, my first time spending any real time in Canada. And it's just a beautiful city. Uh, I had a, had a great time while we were there and looking forward to going back here real soon. So I hope that everybody has an amazing week. And if, again, if you want to share some stories with Fatherhood about me and maybe we can talk about how you can be featured on the podcast, feel free to reach out via email. You can catch me at KeithPaulJason at gmail.com. That's KeithPaulJason at gmail.com. And I'd be more than happy to chat with you about how we might be able to feature some of your stories about fatherhood on the podcast. So once again, have an amazing week and never forget... Fatherhood rocks.